Hello and welcome to Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million-part series. My name is Logan Wolf, and I am a church planter. Uh, my wife, Grayson, and I moved to Provo, Utah in 2011 as church planters, and our ministry has taken so many different forms and shapes over the last, what, almost 13 years now. Uh, we have been a mobile church, meeting in the conference center of a hotel. We have navigated the church merger, uh, become multi-site overnight, staff, buildings, two different counties. Um, and then even more recently, for the last five years almost, we have uh, off put that structure and have been functioning as a network of house churches across the state of Utah. And so with this podcast, I have just been looking back over that experience, uh, reflecting on it. And basically just talking through what I would do differently if I was in those same circumstances, pursuing those same courses of action, uh, as well as just what I would do differently, just knowing what I know now and uh, how that might look. And for the last several episodes, I've been bringing on some friends, some other church planters from across the country, letting them share their experiences and their mistakes with us. And our purpose in doing that is basically uh, to encourage you, not to be a discouragement or dissuade you from maybe the church planting journey, but to just save you some of the frustration and the heartache and the headaches and the time and energy and money uh, maybe that we feel like we 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 went through ourselves looking back on it. So that is the case today. I'm joined by another brother, someone you've actually have heard a time or two before. This is Isaac Morin joining us from uh, California. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I didn't. So we're we're friends now. Is what I'm getting. Oh my gosh. Finally, okay. And that's, I'm, made the cut. I'm not this it just now. You got it. yeah. We got. Such a jerk. You're such a jerk. Uh, we are. I'm in the process of recording basically a batch of uh, of interviews. And so I've got a couple under my belt this week. I've got Isaac right now. I've got my, my wife, Grayson's going to jump on one so we can wrap up this last season. Uh, but Isaac and I are recording this. This won't post until later. I'm aware like after the new year, but it is Christmas Eve. Uh, the afternoon of Christmas Eve. And we are we are having this conversation. So what a wonderful gift to you so all right so here's here's what we're going to discuss you guys have heard some of isaac's story in the past um if you're jumping on maybe this is one of the first episodes you've listened to or you've listened to several it's been a little bit since isaac's been on uh, you can go back to some of those past episodes and kind of hear his faith story and how he got into church planting what that has looked like uh there's a lot of parallels not identical but a lot of parallels in his his journey and mine um, where we're at, completely different context, but the journeys are very are very similar. What we wanted to talk about today is basically that the setup once we had uh, begin meeting publicly, and so and, and by the setup, I just mean physically, practically, how we were setting up and utilizing our spaces. What did that look like? Uh, where we were meeting. And, and then even how we're utilizing other volunteers, leaders, navigating, or or maybe the failure to do those things, navigating, using that space for various parts of the ministry. And so I believe, Isaac, you, you and I both were in the situation where we were setting up and tearing down um, week in and week out. So maybe just by introduction, just kind of jump in, tell us where you guys ended up meeting once you were meeting on a weekly basis, what that looked like, and then just how you were that whole pack up, pack up, um, set up kind of process, what that looked like. Don't jump into the, the volunteers yet. Cause I, I want to share a little bit of my story as well, but go ahead and, and explain what you guys were doing. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, again, I, I can't remember if I referenced this or not. So this is relevant, right? We, when we planted, we were kind of handed this small gathering of people in Santa Ana and their pastor left about a month or two after we were there. Um, so, so something we were bringing into this was a complete removal from a storefront and placing people into a mobile setup. Uh, so, and, and the fact that they're losing their, their pastor. Right. So, yeah. Um, so th there's some things at play here. Uh, part of this had to connection with support promised that did not become support delivered, which led us to leave the storefront and seek something just a little bit more affordable. So the good news was we found a gym location that was pretty centered in the, in the spot of the city we were planting in. And the other piece of good news was it was only $500 a month. The uh, the the reason it was only five hundred dollars a month because it was just a shelled out, really empty, uh, cold, drafty gym or hot, you know, depending on the time of year. So, <laughs> what we looked like, and this was probably for the first six years of our ministry, is we had to protect the floor. We had to provide, you know, obviously chairs. Uh, there's pretty much there's some power, but there's no production capability. And you're talking about a back classroom and a stage and another office space for anything you wanted to do with kids. So our weekly setup comprised of three 36-foot long rolls of carpet. Uh, it looked like an entire square cage system of pipe and drape system that we set up every week. Under this, we're routing HDMI and cable cords for two TVs that we walked in. Of course, you had to put those up on something, right? So initially we started with um, like this, you know, not, not plywood, but like a box structure that we built for two TVs and would put them on top of there. Then in the back, we would set up a table for like books and reading material or like pseudo library that would have your bulletins and your brochures and all your sign-up sheets. Then you'd have another table for like snacks and donuts and coffee, which by the way was all brought in by people right. that might do that, right? So coffee's- I, I, I want to interrupt yeah. you because I can't, I did not realize you were printing bulletins. Like you were much, you were much more yeah. conservative, traditional than I was because we did, you were printing yes. bulletins. <laughs> so, so, and a part of that, right, is I'm going to FedEx on Sunday morning prior to all the setup, picking up the connection cards and the bulletins that were printed. Uh, we had the giving envelopes and the pens yeah. Yeah. Uh, all there in a bin. We would get there, had somebody put them out, you know, on the table. Then, of course, you've got the back table for like the media, right? So the laptops, you got two laptops that are running. You've got stuff for recording the audio, recording the video. Is it wiring to support all of this? Uh, we're not bringing any internet into this. So everything so everything we're doing in terms of that aspect of production is something else to do after you're done with Sunday uh, mm. to go and upload it on SoundCloud or a spot. I don't even think Spotify was a thing then. But anyways, right? So every week uh, we, and, and then you've got nursery, right? So everything for nursery, you got the care, the, the corral for the kids that you got to set up. You got all the toys that you're kind of constantly changing out because you don't want the kids to get too bored with the same toys all the time. Um, you've got fill out sheets, you've got sign up sheets, you got waiver forms, you got all this stuff just for nurseries and babies. Then you've got all the stuff for like a kid's class, right? And these are all bins. And we had three compartment, four compartments 
uh, because you had chairs, right? So we had a hundred chairs. So you got to bend from chairs and all these things were, what we did is we built a dolly system that was like three quarter inch plywood on these, um, what are they, those, those wheels, right? From, uh, uh, what's the name of that store? Um, it's like a hardware store, uh, that we, anyways, like Ace Hardware or something like that. Bolted it all, put some rope on it. And so we had four, probably 25 foot sleds that we would pull out every single week and spend about an hour setting all this stuff out. And honestly, an hour is pretty impressive when you put all the stuff together, right? Because the nursery yeah. on a platform, it's in a classroom. Then you've got the kids' class in another space. Then you got this whole pipe and drape system getting put up. Um, and we are had, you storing the all this at the gym? Where are you storing this? You stored it at the gym. Okay. So when we got done, we'd pack it all back down and roll it back up under into these four stalls. And we had pianos, right? So we're assembling a piano on wow. Sunday morning. We're breaking it down. We're putting it away. Um, you know, all this sort of stuff. So, um, and then that's not even stuff that you're bringing with you that's not going to stay there, right? Like guitars. Uh, some some of the uh, music stands, your computers obviously aren't staying there, and uh, and all this is a probably you know I don't know mile or two drive from our house, which was nice, uh, wasn't too bad, but yeah, man, I mean that was and look and the thing is is like there were probably I think the most people we ever had for a setup crew was probably uh, six people. Uh, setting all that up. So in 45 minutes. Now, everybody was down to kind of help once church was over. Like they just packed stuff up and put it away. It went, it went relatively quick. But the, yeah, it was just, man. Wow. And, and we did that for a real long time, you know. So, um, yeah. So anyways, that was that was our story of, of our setup church. So Okay. Okay. So we were also uh, a mobile church. So that's how we started. So you looked like you went from a storefront into more of the mobile church setup. We started there. We actually, when we moved to Utah, we hit up a bunch of places looking for space to meet. Uh, schools wouldn't let us in. The convention centers were were too 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 expensive. Hindsight, it wasn't too expensive. I was just cheap. I've talked about that previously. Yeah. Um, and then I looked at a couple hotels, and sometimes like one of them was like trying to push us into their business center, which is like. It's a conference table in there. It's like, what do you, how's this going to work? And we, so we ended up at a, at a Best Western, which it got bought out to Baymont and in suites now. Um, but it has a, a conference center with its separate entrances, and, which was nice. And its own separate parking lot. So you didn't have to go through yeah. the hotel to get into yeah. it. And it wasn't enormous. I mean, I think the capacity was like 165 people was what they, the fire code thing on it said so yeah. uh yeah so i mean you could you could fill it up i, I liked it because it broke it had those in those built-in dividers so you could essentially like a, on the, you cool. pull across yeah so you could essentially split this rectangular room into thirds um and then each of those thirds had its separate entrance and so you could you could do it. now that's not that's not how we, we didn't utilize that which is so stupid so here's what we we they they let us they had all the chairs there, those padded like conference center chairs. Yeah. Um, so we just had to pull those out and arrange those how we wanted, but they we didn't have to pack in chairs. Um, and then they had a a projector screen, and so we no one like we didn't have money like, designated for our startup stuff, but someone did buy us a really nice projector. Um, nice. And so we had the projector, which I'd hooked to the laptop, and we do our slides and everything up there. And then they had one of those podiums, but it was like one of those tabletop podiums. 
So it wasn't like a standing yeah. podium. It had to sit on the table. So up front, we'd have this table, you know, an eight foot table and the podium and then the projector and the laptop next to that. And then of course, I don't, I mean, you could probably tell by the way this podcast works. I don't know anything about tech stuff. And so I've got this separate Zoom audio recorder. Have you seen those Zoom audio recorders? They've got uh, the little... I, no, no, they're, they're, they're cool. Um, anyway, so I have the separate recorder. I don't need a microphone cause it's the room's not, I mean, it's not yeah, so yeah. big that you need a microphone. Um, so there's all this kind of stuff kind of cluttered up front projector, laptop, zoom recorder, podium, my notes, all this kind of stuff. And then the yeah. screen behind me and then the chairs just lined up in rows, um, you know, front, uh, you know, initially that grand opening service, we're set up for ton of people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and fourteen come like it's like ridiculous. And you know the people that come, they're going to sit in the very back, and you you've made the mistake of putting the row, you know, the rows like the rooms full. Um, and but then we did. Here's also something ridiculous. So you talk about bringing in instruments and packing in instruments. We did that eventually later. Those first, well, at least past that first year, we had no music, which I think is the dumbest. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, because it was like not only not like no. No singing of any kind. I didn't even try to lead from like a a, a cassette or something or cassette. Oh my gosh, how old are we? Uh, like from <laughs> like the record player in the there back. There was real. There was MP3s and CDs were a real thing. Cassettes were out by the time we launched. But yeah, uh, but but that's that's too edgy. <laughs> that's tampering. It is. Like, well, come on now. So no no music. And our service, we did have a table in the back too, like you said, and we had, uh, we didn't serve coffee because of, of Utah, but we had donuts and whatnot. And then, you know, Bibles and tracks and and stuff like that. We did connection cards, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And then outside we, down by the road, they would let us put an A-frame sign the night before. So Saturday afternoon, we'd go and put an A-frame sign out by the road. Yeah. So, so, sorry, you're, so you're reminding me, there's another portion of this. We also had, uh, six a-frame signs that would also need to get put out at various corners that morning you, you think you're better you're six times better i guess than no 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 no, no. six times dumber right <laughs> we would go put these things out so and the and the thing about putting them out the morning of was because we we were not even kind of sure we were almost positive the a-frames would get stolen you know Bro, we had our stolen yeah, yeah. So, I got, I mean, every sign we put out has been stolen. Like, so we had the A frame, and those are the more expensive ones. And I am grateful of, you know, eventually someone else stepped up outside of Utah and was was buying those for us. Yeah. Um, but we also had some of those yard signs, you know, oh, the, yeah. sure. So, so the A frame's out by the big intersection, the road, and then in the parking lot, because it's a business complex. So, navigating parking, we had signs with arrows just kind of pointing right. to where the park. Yes. Uh, and then we had this banner that hung across the uh, the outside of the conference center with the church name. So, right. I mean, that was kind of the extent of our signage. And even looking back on it, I wish I had had someone else design it, put it together. I mean, it it looked bad. I mean, I've yeah. shown pictures, I think, and like on the YouTube, if, if you're listening to this, you've not seen any pictures, but if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you have seen some of the pictures from our setup. And so I'll, I'll drop some of those in this one too. But I, I mean, it wasn't anything great. It was, it was awful. Um, so we're packing all this. We don't have to pack up chairs or anything, but we have these two boxes and basically just like, uh, I mean, they're like two, like three by, maybe two and a half by two and a half cubes and you open them and we're just like putting ev- like everything inside. 
all the Bibles and books and stuff inside, the 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 projectors inside, the tablecloth, the table drape front fronts inside. And you know, we try to get fancy uh, down the road. Like we used to do, like those uh, pop up signs up front with our sermon series. Yes. Um, or we, we we I think even before that we had like the the easels, you know, the art easels, and yes. we had printed like on on cork board or foam board yeah. like the poster from the cell yeah. again it's like 10 people in there they don't stink and care I'm like it's the dumbest yeah. <laughs> dumbest thing that yeah. they're spending money on but you feel like because you're coming to this room and it's like what yeah. like you've got to try to make it church yeah okay so that's kind of our our generic setup no music no instruments for a year that's not a, like a conviction thing that was just stupidity and we're not we're in this huge uh, technically a huge space 160 people there's a oh, dozen yeah. of us eventually and one corner, stupid. Yeah. All right. I'm curious. Hindsight. Before we start talking about how we're utilizing the space with volunteers and different aspects of the ministry, hindsight. What would you have done different with your setup? What would you tell someone who's in a similar space? Like just the whole, the whole thing. If you're looking back on it, it's like I wish I'd done this differently. I'd want someone to know, hey, if you've got a space like this, don't do this. Don't waste your time, your money. Or actually, you should have done this, and maybe point them in that direction. Yeah, it's I've got a bunch of things. Yeah, because at this point, it, it's kind of like, hey, for me, probably meeting in a gym is probably not a great idea, right? Okay. Um, and, and just thinking about, because I, I, I can take you back to what my mindset was right during that time. It was like, I, it wasn't like I was ignorant of the amount of work that was going to have to go into Sunday. It was just... It's it's not even it's I mean certainly it's worth it like are the thirteen years of what I've gone through and, and experienced worth it absolutely right we're we're chasing down making disciples for the kingdom right it's worth it um, but it was also this idea of like yeah it's hard work and I don't mind doing the hard work right and look I'm I'm a veteran right so th- I've got like two things working against me I had the like missional you know kind of like we need to reach people for Jesus coupled <laughs> with like if it's hard, you're doing it right kind of thing going on. Right. So, wow. Uh, so it was, I, I don't think there was a lot of assessment on, is there maybe a, a better cost benefit analysis here on the amount of work we're about to do for Sundays yeah. on what, and I, and I don't mean from like a, a profit margin or anything like that, just from a standpoint of like, okay, here's what we're trying to do. Right. Here's so the, you're talking, you're talking the, the actual energy and effort and setting up and tearing down. And and you said it was five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So right. So that's okay. great. Yeah. Cost okay. wise, great. The amount of work wise, though, I mean, if it takes six, seven people, forty five minutes to an hour to get ready for services, and then you still got some ancillary stuff to get done, like picking up printing and breakfast and putting out signs and stuff. Yeah. There there should have been a. I, I would say, like, if you're if if someone's moving in that sort of situation, I would say, hey, think a little bit harder. Maybe not. Maybe the location is the right location, right? But what what amount of work is appropriate for the return that I can get out of this building, right? Because at the end of the day, right, it's a gym. Like there was there was nothing I could do to make that place less drafty, less jimmy, right? It's just it's a gym. Now we had to protect the floors, but there was probably a way for me to do that with some chair modifications rather than three. 36 foot by 12 foot rolls of carpet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, also, I think the pipe and drape is helpful 
but at the same time, that's a lot of stuff to do, right? Yeah. So there's there's a portion of which we could have thought a little bit more about the amount of work we're putting into this versus what we could ultimately make this place feel like. And, right. And then, of course, you have the the whole cost associated with all of that. As bad as that was, we still spent a thousand dollars on all the chairs. We spent probably three thousand dollars on the pipe and drape system. Uh, we had the wood and stuff going into all the things that we were dragging out, all the toys we spent the money on for the kids program, all the weekly printing that we did, you know, thousands wow. of dollars, you know, thousands of dollars trying to, and, and we did all the same stuff. We, we printed, uh, you know, sermon series, specific banners. Uh, we did 24 by 36 inch foam boards. Uh, you know, and I, I did that cause I saw other churches doing that. Yeah. They, like, I don't think buildings. it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so like um, the buildings were doing that. <laughs> that's awesome yeah and so uh you know it's just one of those things where it's like i i don't think the building was wrong i mean you start where you start right i mean a a, a good church planner can make church i think anywhere you know that's part of being a oh good yeah church. i'm not i mean but yeah, at the same time there 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 could have been hey we could have been saving a lot of this money for some future space that we could have had and or maybe looking to bring on more of a full-time musician at that point because we had we had people that were doing music i was a part of the music but they were they were very intermittent because they were college students that were coming down right from our school so yeah uh we could have been backlogging some funds during that time uh that would have made a little bit more sense instead of trying to and and you know if you would have asked me then am i trying to make this gym less jimmy no, not necessarily, but I was in a sense trying to convey future direction, some vision by what we're doing. And all of that sort of stuff is a little silly. When you when you look at what really leads to growth in churches, that stuff's really silly. And I would now right. at this point now, right? I'm gonna argue because someone out there's somebody out there listening to this is gonna be arguing with me in their head about no, you're right. You should be casting vision with what you purchase and how you present the ministry. And I and I'm not really gonna disagree with you on that, but it's secondary to leadership development. I'm going to tell you the right guy and the right family that's going to lead, help you lead the church into the future will not care about that stuff, right? right. They, will, they will be mission vision centered, you know? And so they will they will have the capacity to overlook what, where we're at versus where we're going, right? And you said something that I think this is, is noteworthy is you can, make, you can make church happen. I'm using air quotes here. Make church happen in any, any yeah. space. Right. I, I think you need to, to to make the space conducive to what you're trying to accomplish. Yes. Like I, I do think, I mean, in our situation when it was just, you know, that first year is just me and my wife, a gymnasium would have been super is un is it unconducive, inconducive, un not conducive. It's just not conducive too. Yeah. Because you can, imagine this, you've got this huge gymnasium, you got these chairs set up pushed into a corner and there's two people sitting up there. And it's right. you know, John Doe walks in for the first time. It's like that is that yeah. is not a welcoming environment. It's not. A, so I do think you've got to whatever space you find yourself in. Um, it's particularly we're talking about mobile church space. You you can make work, but you just also need to make it a welcoming environment that actually allows you to facilitate what is, the most important things, which you're talking about, what right. is important, what the church has to be doing. And so and that involves, you know, we're proclaiming the word and we're worshiping and we are we are developing people, particularly leaders to lead out ministry, equipping them to that end. So those things have to be able to take place in a way that's not the the environment's not distracting. Yeah. The environment we were in, bro, super distracting to that. 
was not, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, you guys had the, it was, it was in a best Western conference room. It, so yeah, convent is the the center. So it wasn't like it was set up, like it was a bigger space. It was, it wasn't like their business center. Um, uh, and it was separate entrance, but every, here's what happened every once in a while. So talk about, and again, this was just part of it. And we could have made, I don't know. I let some, some of it bother me. Um, every once in a while, you'd have someone walk in thinking that's where the continental breakfast was. Uh, so yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, and you know, it's, you can only say we're just feasting on the word so many times before you know. <laughs> Hey, well, hey, we, I mean, we Come would on. have people, we would have people roll in about to play basketball. I was like, what are you guys would walk in and be like, oh, there's like oh. a, there's a church going on in here, you know, like, it's funny. So there was, there was that. And of course, down, down the road, we, we cashed in on the fact we were in a hotel. We actually asked the hotel if we could stick invitations in all the hotel rooms where they keep the Gideon Bibles and the dressers. Oh, and yeah. so we actually had a, a, nice. a, um, an invitation printed up specifically for that, that said, I don't know, something, something like just down the hall, like just down the hall, like literally or something like that. It's, that's it was, a great idea, right? Because if someone's traveling, they're yeah. out of town on a Sunday. They're like, oh, I normally go to church. I'll, I'll go, jump in. I want to hear. Yeah. And we did. We got people from all over the country passing through that would just that's jump really in. Cool. I wish hindsight. Here's I wish we had, we were in a, in a place where I was focused more on equipping people instead of just monologuing at them. And, I, you know, they dip out. We never had any contact with them again. You wish I feel you were? Like, I wish I had equipped more because if there are people they're taking the time on their business trip or vacation or coming to visit someone at college and they're jumping in on our service, I just I wish I would have had the frame of mind to equip them to go back to wherever they were going. And Yeah, and that's a great point, too, because any ministry leader deals with this. People are at your church on vacation. Right. And the, I think the tendency is to be like, oh, great. Thanks for being here. I'm See never you. thinking about you again. Right. Yeah. Whereas. It's, and I think maybe especially in your space, right? Like these people are actually seeking out spiritual encouragement and, and information yeah. while they're on vacation. Like yeah. they're probably a pretty strong, you know, person. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. And it would have been cool, man. See, it would have been cool even to develop this as an aside, isn't it? Uh, but to, that could have been a bridge to a relationship with the church in another city, another state. And who knows what God could have done through it. But you're right. We kind of view those as well. So we never. You're building. You pressed. You're right there. And yeah, so yeah. again, in our space was so, so we had that happen initially people popping in. Sounds like you did too. We also, so it's a space others were able to rent on days other than Sunday. And so we had a couple instances. I don't know if I've told you these stories before or not. So we've had an instance where a, a bachelorette party rented at one time and we came in and right before the service, you know, we're coming to set up right before the service, the whole place all over the floor is genitalia shaped glitter. And like the, so we, and there, and we couldn't find the, the maintenance guy wasn't there that day. So we couldn't unlock the closet where the vacuum was. So we're, so me and like three other people are on our hands and knees scraping up all the, <laughs> all this, got we, a got, handful we got hands full of, <laughs> of these penises and it's just, it's ridiculous, man. So we did that. And then the other one that makes me think where someone else rented it ahead of us is it was a Mormon family reunion. And we come in and they must've been using it even that Sunday. Cause it, or I don't know, maybe they just bailed out and didn't clean it up, but all around on every wall, they had these poster boards with uh, scripture verses from the book of Mormon. Oh, wow. And so we're there to set up for church and this book of Mormon verses all, I mean, so we just had to pull, we just pulled it all down. Yeah. And oddly <laughs> enough, so, you a, glitter. Well, no, there you go. So it was crazy. <laughs> so there was stuff like, but then I think even the way we set it up though, 
we we should have used these dividers, I think, more to kind of create that more intimate space as we were smaller. And because we right. literally, it's not I, here. I am saying it would be ridiculous in the gym, but it was ridiculous in this conference center. You'd walk in this big conference center, yeah, and we're tucked over here in one area, yeah, and it just feels like. So you got someone walking in, it's almost like the shock, like oh, it's a big space. Oh, there's only two people. So you guys uh, never really did the pipe and drape thing to close in the room. We did not. We yeah. so I wish at one point we did use one of the dividers for some kids stuff on the other side. I yeah. kind of wish looking back at this is the dumbest thing. I wish we just closed both dividers. So uh, right off the bat, split the room into threes. Right. Utilize the fact that they all have separate entrances. Yeah. And there's a bathroom at the other. So if you need the bathroom, you just come out the one entrance and go into the bathroom entrance. Right. And basically had a kids class separate yeah. entrance check-in kind of thing. The, yeah, kids the, are this way. The right. Kids are this yeah. way, adults are this way, maybe teens or something else, something at right. some kind of ministry over here and just go ahead and have it. I mean, it was, and it was all broke. Okay. Ours was $75 a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's costing us nothing and they're providing the chairs yeah, and they, it, and so we have this set up and I just, I really wish we had availed ourselves of the space. So again, looking back, like, so I heard a quote, I've, I've quoted it a number of years ago, but some guy says, uh, uh, when you talk about ministry and stuff before you try like, we need to, we need to buy something. We need to build bigger. We need to get this. Have, have you maximized what you have? Oh, right. Yeah. You know, and looking back at that. So my, I heard that quote. And then I went and asked the hotel about advertising in the rooms, which I thought, Hey, we're in a hotel. Let's maximize this. But the actual space itself, I don't feel like we utilize yeah. that. In, in its fullest capacity before jumping into, because right after that was the church merger. And then now we've got huge bills, huge right. bills. And yeah. here it's $75 a week. We did not maximize ministry yeah. there. And I hate that. The interesting thing too, though, is like with yours, because it, it's funny, right? Because we could talk about, okay, so we were piping and draping this huge, massive, you know, gym. And, um, and I, and again, we're in Orange County, right? Which is kind of a little bit of a Bible belt of Southern California, right? Um, and so ours never really felt like we, I don't think we ever cast off that vibe with people. Um, but it, it is funny to think, right? Like even, even in your space, it might've even done the same thing just by virtue of like the culture in Utah, right? Because now it's not just, now you're compartmentalizing the families, which might be a problem for right, people. right. Right. Like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you know, for, for people that don't know you, right? Yeah. Whereas like in our space, it was like it for I think the problem for us was the culture isn't an affluent culture. Right. So while we were doing good, not being off-putting, we were none of the pair, none of the chairs had padding. They were all those black plastic yeah. you know, chairs, right? So there was this, we did good from an aesthetic standpoint, but the problem was you're in a I mean, the average cost of a home around us at this time, right? This is 2011 was probably somewhere around $650,000. Hmm. So you got 85% of people with a BA or higher, um, very affluent area, high cost of living. And you're trying to get people to come into the startup gym, you know, and often we'd have people canvas and be like, yeah, call, come back by when you've got a hundred people. Well, you know, I'm not, you know, because you're that person, but <laughs> but what they were saying was steeped in a very true reality for that area, right? right? Because they because they know they know 
I think they know the fail statistics rates, but they also know it's going to be a lot of work. There's going to be some uncomfortableness. And yeah, sure, we can spend all day making the argument, well, you got to sacrifice for Jesus. Reality was, is we were inviting people into something that was a little dumb, you know, from the standpoint. See, and that's how I look. Right. Yes. I look on it as like, would I show up here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will be honest with you. I look back at those first few years. No, I would not roll in there with my family. Yeah. And I'm a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, I get, like, I get that. Like there is, again, I go back. If you're going to go that route, you need to think through those things and you can't just think, well, it'll, you know, it's a church plant. They'll, they'll understand or because they won't, or it's, it's enough that we love God. That'll okay. Well, that doesn't not for the unbeliever. So I think there's things to actually think through in that actual presentation of, of the, uh, the space that you're going into. Does that, that makes yeah, sense? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder, okay, because we were talking about this before we hit record. There are quote unquote ministries. I guess they're businesses. They're not, I mean, you're paying them. They're not ministries. Oh, yeah. Where they will help you with all this pack up, set up, tear down, s- design your space when you're in a rented, borrowed space week in and week out. The one that I'm aware of, and there's others, I don't know if you're aware of others t- to mention, is just the portable church industries. You've heard of them? Yeah. Okay. They, they'll, again, I've never used them. Hindsight, I wish I had someone because we were taking, and we didn't get to leave all of our stuff there. We were jamming it in a minivan after the service, which wasn't yeah. as a big deal initially when it was just those couple boxes, but eventually we did add a piano and guitars and some different things. We had to bring our own screen because we did swing the room. And and so yeah. there was a lot more. And again, we're just slamming it in the van. We don't have kids at that time. If we had kids now, it would not have, we could not have done that. So um, I wish I had someone to kind of look at the space and maybe even from a, a standpoint of what's welcoming and say, hey, have you, what if we did this? What if we set it up this way? What if you framed it this way? What if you oriented it this way? Yeah. And then those, at least portable church, from what I understand, designs boxes and containers to put all that stuff in in a very specific ABC setup, tear down, and it goes back in the same order you take it out and it kind of takes the headache away. Yeah. What what have you seen? Anything else like that you've seen or you're aware of? Yeah. I mean, we, so, I mean, I think you, I think any guy that goes the route that we did eventually starts Googling things like that, right? Like, <laughs> how can I make this easier? <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? What are better options? Or, or just like, I mean, you have other friends that are planting and they reference something like that. Oh, I found this resource and you're like, why, why can I do that? I know about this, you know, and so you go online and, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's probably tons of companies out there that do this now. Um, I mean, I think they're, I think they're beneficial, right? Like it, it's, it's one of those things where if you can, so I would say, yeah, because if you just having someone to talk through the setup your plan and your yeah. idea of how the setup's going to go is would be worth at least talking to a company to go through their the, whatever their options are right because like you said right they usually have like an abc package or a d pack like whatever and this isn't it's, it's not like abc you know good better best or anything it's usually size i think right like if yeah. you're if you're planning a launch and you're looking to jump out the gate with like 500 people this is what you need right or if you're looking around 100 this is what you need if if you're going to Utah in a conference room, then this is what you need, right? And yeah. so it's just, but so I think just having the conversation with one of those guys would be beneficial 
just to have the conversation. Well, see, and I wish no one gave us any in- input on anything we were doing. And again, I think it's one of the shortcomings with kind of how we got out to Utah is so when we came to this space, it was just kind of left up to me and Grayson. Like, yeah. this is how we'll set up. It would have been great to have another voice saying, or set up this way, like, give us some yeah. you know, pushback on what well, we we're doing. And then, and then backtrack too, right? This is 2011. I don't even know how many companies like that there were. Right. I'm, and I don't know. I didn't come across Portable Church in 2011. Yeah. Um, I can't, but we were still in the conference center when I heard of it. I, I will, I imagine it was cost prohibitive for what at that time for us, just because I feel like it's something I would, there's value in it. I would have yeah. used something like that, yeah. but we, I was super cheap. And again, that's a, that's a mistake. I was, if you're going to go the attractional traditional route, you, you've got to spend money. I was yeah. super cheap and I, I just not, I didn't do it. I, I'm, but again, it raises the question, how much is your time worth? How much is your energy worth? Is that what I want to, is that what I want to tie volunteers up in doing? Or is there other more valuable tasks volunteers could be yeah. doing? So. Yeah. And, and really that's where I think you're going to land the most benefit from those types of companies, because odds are, at least for most of the stories I read, most of those companies were started by guys that at some level had either went to plant or they were a part of a plant and they were just familiar with the headaches, right? And so they, they usually were guys that would be able to walk you through some of the stuff that you should be anticipating with the pains of setup, right? And with the pains of small church stuff and especially with mobile church. So to, yeah, I agree. Like our, our sending pastor, like he came up and we walked through the building and he kind of helped shape how we initially presented it to the city, which I thought was really, really good. Like the way we set it up, I thought it was the best it could be for a gym. And I didn't come up with the ideas. Like most of the stuff that we did, I took from him because he had done a mobile thing, like he had planted, you know, and so that was, it was, it was beneficial for us. So if you're going to talk about one of those companies, I think one of the best advantages they could provide is perhaps some lens, but you, you need to ask that question, right? right. You need to know, hey, did how did this company get started? Who are you? What's your relationship to church planning? And maybe not, maybe not even the owner, right? But maybe the guy that you're consulting with, because if this guy has no experience in planting, no experience in mobile church, no experience of church planting pains, then give the guy the credit for the sale, but go talk to somebody else in that company that's actually got some like on the ground experience, just so you can have some wisdom handed off with their product as it relates to a, a mobile church plant. Because the thing is, and this is the other, this is an issue I have with those companies. Like I charge whatever you want to charge, right? But the problem is, is so many, every church plant is so different. Like you, you, the, the, like you're going to get to these package conversations and you're going to have some limits with that package conversation. And that's where that consultant person right. is going to be invaluable because yeah. you're either going to run into a guy who's just looking to make a sale uh, from one of his packages. Um, or you're gonna, or you're gonna talk to somebody who can say, "Hey, all right, look, here's our package, but what you really need is some of this and some of this from this larger pack." And they're gonna be able to blend out a custom. The problem is when you go custom for most companies, it it's double the price, right. and it's like, okay, what what are we doing here, right? Like, are we trying to help churches get planted, or are we just trying to make money off of churches? And and again, I don't I don't have a I don't have a sampling here because we didn't use any of this. Yeah, but these are I think a guy that's maybe listening to this and you're thinking about going that route, just have a couple, just have some rounds in the chamber where you can understand who am I talking to? What's the consultancy that's happening? And then I would also be asking the question, are they trying to make money off of me? Because most of the time when they start talking about their business as it relates to your church, 
all you're doing is thinking about how they're helping expand your vision. And that's not what they're doing. They're just taking you for a ride and they're trying to sell you by your own vision, right? And so it's just, you know, so I, I think they have a valuable space in helping churches get started. But at the same time, the, those things bother me, you know. I can, I can tell. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't even use them, you know. Like, no, and I, again, I didn't, and I, I imagine just thinking back when I looked at it, it, I think it was a cost point. But also looking back, there was, there was this time that it wouldn't have been just our size, especially that first year. It was right. me and my wife. Like, it wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. But so, as we grew, I should, I should have just spent the money or even to your point, I should just have the conversation because maybe I'm, maybe they would have come back and said, I don't know if this is, or they said, yeah, yeah you could be doing this a lot better. And, you know, but you don't know until you ask. In fact, I think yeah. another point you're asking, you're, t- you're encouraging guys have a, con- a, at least reach out, get some input, see what they say. I would, sure. I would in the same vein and something that wouldn't cost you any money is I'd ask uh, other people who've done mobile church about their setups and what they wish they had done different. Yeah, which is essentially what you and I are doing here. Like th- this yeah. conversation is meant if you're going into a mobile church setup, uh, there's things we wish we had done differently. And so take this conversation just as as input. I would, but I'd reach out to others and say, hey, looking back on it, is there anything you feel like was unnecessarily burdensome, unnecessarily tedious, things that could have been streamlined, a setup streamlined, a setup that could have been more welcoming, a setup that could have facilitated the actual ministry more more effectively or more efficiently? Those are all good questions to ask. You can't just roll up and say, well, we were set up like this when we were over here. And that just must be the way you set up church. That's what I did. I reproduced what I saw in North Carolina. Right. didn't question it. And it was not, I mean, even, even yeah. if I kept the podium up, you know, kept the podium in the room, the room itself was not conducive to what we were trying to do. And I just, yeah. someone, someone should have asked or should push back. I should have asked someone. I should have asked someone. Yeah. So. And, and too, right. This goes back to like befriending people in your area, you know, like, because odd, like, I, I know for sure, like I could tell you, I could talk about six church plants that are happening over the past like year and a half and and on their way across Southern California, right? So probably probably something similar is happening in like every kind of geographical region in America right now uh, to include, you know, whoever's listening to this podcast, where you're headed, right? And someone's probably 18 months ahead of you, 24 yeah. months ahead of you, 36 months ahead of you, nine months ahead of you that you could just get a heads up. And, and that's really simple, by the way. Um, you could find that on Facebook. Uh, so we, I have a buddy of mine that started a, a grant for uh, what he calls seedling churches. And nice. he just basically kind of created this thing where it's like based on the parameters of likes and impressions of church Facebook page has gives you a sense of how big they are. And so you can you can track something like that to get a sense of who's doing what in your in your community, and then reach out to those people and just see like, hey, what was your story? Did you mobile set up? Did you not mobile set up? And get a sense of like, yeah, like you're saying, just reaching out, getting some wisdom on like, how did that go for you? What were some things you do differently? And just leaning into that. Um, I think a great thing to and you did this and I did not, and I wish I had is you were storing stuff on site. And I wish, I wish yeah. I had asked to store, we didn't have, especially at the beginning when it wasn't a ton and nothing super valuable. Yeah. Um, I wish I had just asked, could I use some closet space for this yeah. or some cabinet space? And so again, if you're going to go mobile, there's a, there's something to be said for not having to pack everything in and out every week. Uh, could we live and dude, we lived in a third floor condo 
that Ooh. first couple of years. So the, everything we did pack in, we had to take up three flights of stairs, <laughs> down three flights of stairs. And so it was, it was a uh, tedious just for the yeah, pair of us to be doing all that. Crazy. Yeah, and I so really oh, like me thinking through the um, asking who you're dealing with at the company level really comes like we bought a sound. We we had to update our sound equipment one time and we we were like, OK, let's get a soundboard, some microphones, some receivers, all this sort of stuff. And that guy did a very, very good job of asking me a lot of questions and really getting a sense of like the whole picture and then making some recommendations. And he didn't come out at an arm and a leg. And this guy had been in church planting. He had been a part of a church planting team. He had a lot of credentials from that, from that space. And so when I was talking to him about like, like what our church looked like, what, what, where, like we were in a gym, like all this stuff, like he was able to talk about like, interference from metals and like all is the stuff that was really specific to me that I had no knowledge base about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think like he was, he was a huge help to me. And I mean, we still had that sound equipment. We're not using it right now, but we can take that wherever, you know, or I can help some other church planner and, and give it to him or whatever, you know, but it's, See, uh, that's been, that's yeah. we we over the time in that space was doing the same again upgrading and changing things out and i just you made me just think if we had we maintained we kept that projector it's old now we've had to change out the bulb but we've yeah. also kept the projector and we've kept the sound system and we've been able to use it and yeah. the way we're doing ministry now and it's yeah. that's been that's been good so um okay i, I let me ask you this we, we we might have to bring this one down because i know there's another angle to this we wanted to talk about but there's nothing to keep us from having that another conversation do you know any I was looking here on Amazon and I, I don't even know what to look because nothing's popping up. Any books, resources outside of, we've mentioned something like a portable church, I, but actual books about doing mobile church set up. Um, I know Launch that I've mentioned before by uh, Nelson Searcy, well, he was he was setting up um, in a space that wasn't theirs in New York. And so he talks a little bit about that. And particularly, I think this what we were going to jump into uh, maybe jump into next time about the teams and the volunteers and the people hand, handing stuff off and not one guy doing it. Cause essentially it was me doing it, me and my wife. And it sounds like you and maybe a yeah. handful of others doing all yeah. the, all the setup and taking ownership for the ministry. Yeah. But anything else? Are you aware of any other resources? Cause I can't. No, I, I really don't think so. And it, I don't even want to say it's unfortunate, it, but it is a reality that most of the time when you get to that portion of a book about church planting, about, um, making the space relevant and comfortable and all those things. Um, I, I just think because guys that are writing those books know my situation is probably very unique to our church plant, which is very true. There's just, it's kind of pointless to try and write a chapter about, Hey, here's the real practical how to's to do that. So they tend to go very philosophical, right? Which is a yeah. lot of what we're talking about, you know, make it as appropriate as you can, make it as welcoming as you can, make it as professional as you can. And uh, and those are all great points of advice, but there's just a lot to be said about the real practical stuff that you would need to think through as it relates to your church plant. Yeah. And I and I think that's just one of the things about church planting that um is is real is very, very tough, you know, because while you and I have very similar startup stories, they are completely different, both because of where we were and who we ended up planting with, right? Who were, who were kind of reaching. And so, you know, I'm talking from a Southern California context, and I can tell you this, a guy that planted, you know, 15 miles in west of me, 
would have a very similar thought process, but would have a completely different experience because he's within a completely different city. Mm. And so, um, I, I don't, yeah, I probably, uh, probably a forum of planters, maybe somewhere, but I don't even know where you would find that. So, so what I'm going to say, best advice I could give would be, I think what I said a little bit ago, and that is try to do the legwork. If you're on your way to a city to figure out who's a little beyond you. Yeah. And I, and I don't think it needs to be five years. I would, I would try to, well, find and that's true. That's true. And, Every okay. aspect, I think, of church planning. Uh, that's, that's what discipleship is, right? You you yeah. you only need someone a couple steps ahead of you to help you yeah. get there. And that and think about too, you don't need to be the expert. Right. But we're you know, we're not certainly experts, but you yeah. we're we're 13, 12, 13 years ahead of guys just starting. So there's things that have been learned. And I think that I think that's great advice. As we, are there some people that can point into it? That's what we hope this podcast is. That's what we hope this conversation is. Yeah. Um it's just guys that have have done it. And looking back and saying, here's what I would do different. <laughs> here's yeah. what didn't work. So yeah, uh, and, that's and, good. And beyond and beyond that too, right? That I think the reason why it's so important for you to get to know guys apart from the wisdom is there is like building relationships and developing friendships within ministry. Because church planting, it's funny because I, I we weren't really planning on going this direction, but I'll lean into this a little bit. Like uh, we're working on kind of having some guys over in January that are literally across 50 miles within the state of California. Right. They're all brand new within two years of planting and they need each other. You know, they, they might not know they need each other, but church planting is crazy lonely work. It's mm. crazy hard work. I mean, really, it's an impossible work, you know, when you really boil it down to. So, yeah, have have some people and some friends in ministry that can help give you some insights and, and a little bit of like a, a, a sounding board to bounce some stuff off of. But dude, when that thing blows up or that thing goes crazy or it succeeds or just bombs, like that, he's important for a lot more, you know, right. Right. And, and I think the knowledge base is important, but I think the relationship that you find that, that knowledge being poured in from is infinitely more valuable, you know? So it's good. My two thoughts, but I don't know. I mean, what are we at? 40, 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah we can wrap. Let's, let's stop this here i actually had forgotten that i had this scheduled and so i had gotten dressed to go take a walk and oh. then my phone says hey you got to interview isaac and i was like oh, man <laughs> unbelievable well i was gonna see if we could push this into a long form discussion i, I, I know about, i know you love beard. i know you love going long but i'm i'm gonna say we take because we're so the other the other side of this is how you're utilizing the space uh, with the various pieces of the ministry. So think youth ministry, nursery, the, the the teaching or preaching aspects, anything else even happening in the community where you're trying to use that space. And then how are you utilizing leaders and volunteers in it? And so there's a lot that can be said there, um, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I feel like it's different side of the same coin. So we're going to stop there. I think this has been good. I, I, I just, I want to be clear for all the, it is I mean, mobile church. If you're doing it, you know, it is work. Uh, it can be frustrating. There's days, especially here. I know probably not in California. There's days here when it's zero degrees and snowing and you got to carry all that stuff out to the car. Like I get it. It's now you don't know what that's like. It's, it's rough. Um, but I enjoyed it. And I just looking back on it, I, I feel like, man, we could have been, there's so much more we could have done there. And so I want to encourage you, um, just to what we've spoke here, just maybe press, have some good conversations, get some other people's opinions, press into those, those things, get some feedback. And what does it look like to maximize that space for these different areas? Yeah. And then, and then too, right. Cause we're, we're talking about, you know, mobile church and maybe, maybe a little bit of this conversation has felt like, man, they're really downing mobile church. And, I love, I, again, yeah, like big, big picture. I liked it. 
Yeah, like what I would say to the guy who's in it, you know, like I would just say enjoy it. Like I know that, like you're talking about, I mean, all those things, right? Like I guess I could say, it, yeah, it was really hot and we were moving some stuff around. Um, there's a term in the military, embrace the suck, right? There you go. <laughs> just, I'm just going to deal with this really nasty, uncomfortable thing, and I'm going to enjoy it because of where it's heading to. And what I don't mean by that is a permanent building, right? right. So all I'm saying is enjoy the ride, move through it slowly, appreciate it, and really don't, I would just say, try not to do too much more than what is comfortably dual, doable, like, from yourself, right? You, yeah. you've got, if you're preaching, you've got to develop that. You've got to look for messages. You got to make disciples. You're meeting with people you're doing some outreach and evangelisms. I would just say, take a look around and, and this, this will get, this will be good. This will segue in the next conversation is I would just say, take a healthy look at the people around you that are committed to the cause like you are. And just think about the different ways that they could maybe take some things off to where you could do more in that mobile aspect with their contribution and with their buy-in. Right. So because I know there's some guy out there, he's like, he's doing what I was doing, man. He is picking up the bulletins. He's grabbing the connection cards. He's rehearsing for music. He's helping put out the carpet. He's helping put out the chairs. He's helping set out the nursery. Um, He's thinking and praying over his message. He's thumbing through the slides for one final time to do spelling check errors. And then he's got to set, you know, and then he's got to tear it all down and go home and do the audio recording, you know, editing, right? Yep. For podcast, you know, and then he's got to go back that night and preach again. Okay. So like if, so don't do that, but if you're <laughs> a version of that, like I would really take a look at, and, and look, I would just, I would pick top three, right? What are the three things that I, of all these things I'm doing that if I stop doing all of them, except these three, we could still move the needle forward each weekend. Right. Cause that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, on a weekend analysis, it's did we move the needle forward? And that doesn't mean numbers. That doesn't mean attendance. It means whatever your vision is and the mission you're walking towards, did you move the needle forward, right? That's all you're trying to do. And there's probably some things that you don't need to be doing that you could look at people around you and say, hey, guys, let's let's start divvying some stuff out. So, But, but enjoy it, I, I guess is what I would say. I, I certainly don't want to come across like, yeah, wait until you're not mobile anymore. Wait no, bro. I, again, hindsight, I wish I had enjoyed it more. I wish we'd utilize more, especially the so little money involved for yeah. Britain. I mean, I wish I had just recognized, hey, this is actually, we're doing ministry at a very low cost. And so anyway, that's yeah. okay. We're now, now we're rehashing some stuff. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope this has been encouraging to you. That is certainly our heart and our hope. Um, and if we can, if we can be that voice for you, you want to kind of talk about maybe you're stepping into mobile church, you do mobile church. Um, you can reach out to to me or Isaac. We've I've shared our contact information before. You can always respond um, just to the podcast wherever your whatever platform you're you're listening on. Um, if it has been helpful. Um, man, please share it. Uh, if you're a church planter, you got a team or you know a church planter, uh, man, please pass this along to them or share it on your social media. Leave us a, a rating or review. That always helps other people find it. Um, but man, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This has been Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million-part series. My name is Logan Wolf. I'm in Utah. I was joined today by my friend Isaac Moore, and he's in California. Thank you so much.